everybody. How are you all doing? Like, seriously? You give it five months doing nothing, you got to get more energy than that. Like, seriously. Hey, this, this is totally off subject. Um, does anybody know what this is? This is paper, right? Um, this is a binder, um, which, yeah, thank you. Amen. This used to be the in thing. When you had a binder like this, it was the coolest thing in the world. I have one today because my iPad is dying, and it's been dying over the last two days. So I went old school just in, well, actually, yeah, old school, yeah, but just in case. And so if you see me switching, you know my iPad has died. I don't know what's going on with it. It must be all the winds and all the stuff that's happening. But anyway, um, good morning, everybody. Wow. Who is that? Is that you, Rob? Bobby? Okay. Good morning. Morning, Lord. How are you doing today? <laughs> I don't know if he has that deep a voice. I think he has an Irish accent. Anyway, hey, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome across to us, both those here in person, those joining us online. Alan, thank you so much. Worship team, whoop, whoop, thank you so much. Alan, I, I, I encourage you, if you've never been to a worship and prayer night on Friday, as Alan said, I dare you. In this moment, we find ourselves, and there's nothing more powerful than getting to a place of allowing us to worship the right thing, right, and lean into the right thing and what we're doing. So thank you. My name's Rob. I'm one of the communicators here at Crossroads. It's a privilege to be with you. Thank you for joining us in person. Thanks for joining us online. Thanks for taking the time, taking this journey with us. Um, we're in a series called The Christian Constitution. It gets under people's skins because we love our country constitutions, and yet we're challenged to move to a different place and find a constitution that kind of covers all of that. Thanks for taking the privilege of, of being here today, but do me a favor. As Alan did, would you join me and let's pray? Heavenly Father, you're a kick in the pants, and you're just amazing. All over our valley this morning, men and women will pause their day to stop and to meet with you. Dad, we, as Crossroads Church, as a part of the jigsaw puzzle, I ask you to bless my brothers and sisters. I ask you to bless Pastor Roy at Washington Heights. I ask you to all bless Daryl, Lord Jesus, right in the corning at Mountain View Baptist Church, at CLC, Lord Jesus. As churches meet all over our valley this morning, would you show up and allow your power and your authority to rest upon them in a supernatural way that today, Jesus, you would refresh and inspire people beyond their wildest of imagination, that as your children meet, you would show up, Lord God, and engage them in, in a fresh, fresh way, Dad, we ask in your precious name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We're in this series called The Christian Constitution. And if the truth be said, um, it trumps every other constitution out there. So we're clear, including Irish ones, okay, because Ireland has one as well. One of the definitions of, the, of that is this. It's a set of fun, fundamental guiding principles that people choose to live by. Choose to live by. Huge statement. Because that's the truth. The Christian constitution isn't one that will be forced on you. Your arm won't be twisted. You won't be made to do it. You'll be invited to choose to engage in his constitution that he's laid out for us. Why? Because if we truly grasp how powerfully life-changing choosing to live in accordance with his Christian constitution was, there'd be nobody that wouldn't choose it. If we could honestly see the impact and the influence it has in our life, there'd be nobody that wouldn't embrace it. If you and I want to experience real freedom, it's found in him and in his constitution. If you and I want to be everything that Jesus has designed us to be, 
It's found in him and his constitution. If you and I want to experience peace in the midst of a storm, yes, it's found in him and embracing his constitution that lays before us on a daily basis. You see, Jesus came to give us a new constitution, a new way of living, not to tie us up to religion, but to allow us to be free from it. Not to restrict us, but to truly set us free to be everything he called us to be. Freedom from religion. Why? So that we would truly become men and women who are free to be everything that God designed us to be. Starting here, probably. Matthew 5, 3 says this. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. (laughs) With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when we get to the end of our rope so that more of him can enter into our situation and our circumstance. Here's the crazy thing, though. Over the next few weeks, each of us may have to answer some questions for ourselves. How does this Christian constitution apply to me? Especially when there's a tension that's created when it conflicts with other constitutions, because it does. How far is a question. Are you willing to go to let this Christian constitution live out in the culture you live in today? Because it calls us to go against the tide of popular culture and even against popular constitutions. I don't, I don't know about you, but I grew up in Northern Ireland, which is the best place in the world. They don't look like this. Aloha. Okay. Um, but I grew up in Northern Ireland where religion was a huge part of my culture. And within that religion, for us, came incredible religious rules that drove people apart. Religious rules that were seemingly always about breaking people, hurting people, and dividing people. Instead of building up and drawing people and uniting people. The Irish Protestant Catholic thing. Religious rules didn't help anybody. They actually repeatedly separated people over and over again. Just a humble thought from an Irishman who has a Hawaiian shirt on and a lay. I've had the incredible joy of becoming an American citizen over the last few years, and I'm learning as I go. But please let me submit this to you, and please don't anybody freak out. You can see Grady afterwards, and he'll fix it because he's like a real American. I'm a baby one. But, but I wonder, I wonder if maybe we may have missed it just slightly of how we framed the First Amendment to the Constitution. Maybe instead of freedom of religion, we should have maybe have said freedom from religion and the right to have a relationship with a living Savior. Because freedom of religion has been crazy. Because just look around at the craziness of the expressions and man-made rules and all this different stuff that's out there because we had the freedom of religion rather than freedom from religion to have a relationship with the living Savior. Because we have a relationship with the living Savior, you don't need religion. You have a relationship. It's like, I'm in love. I don't need boundaries when you're in love. When you're struggling, where's the line? When you're struggling, where's the place I can get to without stepping across the line? But when I'm in love, I mean, yo, Right? I mean, our worship team, I mean, my goodness, did you watch them this morning? They were so in God's presence, so enjoying him, and they were inviting you to come with them. They didn't need any rules. 
Or guidelines are like, hey, daddy, you're here. He's like, yes, I am, kid. Get after it. I love it. When you're in a place of loving somebody, you don't need rules. See, so many people have missed out on the power that's found in a personal relationship with Jesus, which ultimately is freedom from religion. Or maybe like me, instead of freedom from religion, you've experienced the coldness and legalism that has tainted that experience or their experience because of the weight of religious rules added to man. At 17 years old, joined the military in Ireland or Britain at 16. You can drink milk, but you can't have a beer, but you can carry a big, big, big gun with big, big bullets. Hilarious. But at 16, I'm 17 years old. I gave my life to Jesus. Just after 15, I moved to Portsmouth, England to continue on my engineering kind of career in the military. My church was a little Mennonite church, kind of gospel hall. They'd call it Mennonite over here. They gave me a letter of transition, which they do. And so I show up in Portsmouth. I go to the church I'm at, and I'm there for probably a few months. And this Sunday morning comes, and the night before, I went to a Christian concert, and they had drums, and they had electric guitars, and they had keyboards, and it was hilarious. It was amazing. And I show up at church on Sunday morning, and it was communion morning. People ask, why do we do communion the way we do at our church? You're about to find out. It was Sunday morning. It was communion morning. And I forgot my tie, John. I arrived at the door and the elder who was overseeing the communion service was at the door and said, hey, Rob, where are you going? I said, I want to go to church and have communion. He said, not allowed to. I'm like, what? Not allowed to. You don't have a tie on. And oh, by the way, the concert you went to last night in our church we have some guidelines and rules that we don't actually have instruments. We just sing a cappella. And you crossed the line last night, Rob, with going to that music that's not of the Lord. So, Rob, the best thing you do this morning is leave. Religion. That morning, I turned around and left and was confused. And It's a bus ride of about 30 minutes from the base to where my church was. So I just walked back to the base, confused and like just bewildered and kind of put this worship music and it was really good. It's like oh, Jesus and they're having fun and loving God and people were like dancing and all this type of stuff. I think amazing and fantastic and like wow, well, what do I do wrong, Lord? I just want to have communion. I didn't have a. I didn't know you needed me. I didn't know how to dress up, Dad. I have communion. I'm so sorry. For an hour, I walked back to the base. But five minutes from the base, I was walking down this road. And I heard that music ready from the night before. And I'm like, where's that coming from? So I walked in this way, I walked past these double glass doors and the back door. Micah was playing bass this morning, but at the back door of the church, I find out later, was the bass player. And he was wireless, so which means he had no wires coming off, and he had a little pack, and he was like, <laughs> I was like, walking past these glass doors, and he said, <laughs> I was like, whoa, 
He opened the door and he's like, he's still playing their plan. He's like, hey, dude, what's up? I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what's this? He goes, dude, this is church. I'm like, excuse me? This is church. Come on in, man. Come on. In a really dry English accent. But um, so I went in and it was church and never left. Never left. See, God gave us some guidelines to help us, not to restrict us. See, in, instead of restriction, it was freedom that comes from God's heart all the way back at the very beginning. What do I mean by that? Well, we can go all the way back to where God gives guidelines that would have helped maintain an intimate relationship. It's found in Genesis 2.16. It says, but the Lord God warned him. Warned who? Yeah, him, not her. We blame Eve all the time, and yet he was warned. He was warned. So ladies, did I hear an amen? Amen. Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying really hard, Lord. But anyway, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you'll surely die. Hmm. Really kind of right to the point. Man's not always so good at sticking to God's requests or God's guidelines. So fast forward in the Old Testament to a place where my son and I were Moses, and it's the Big Ten, not, not the Big Ten Conference League. It's actually way more significant than that. You ever remember this guy before? Anybody's? Okay? It's the Ten Commandments thing. It's a crazy set of guidelines. Charlton Heston, the hair, the big stick, all that, you know, all that wonderful stuff. Okay, nobody's seen it. All right. <laughs> I'm trying really hard, Lord. Okay. VeggieTales. Anybody see VeggieTales? Okay. We're in a new place, Lord. We're in a new place. But crazy set of guidelines, laws that are amazingly helpful for both the Israelites back then and us that help guide us to live in a close relationship with God. But you move rapidly through the Old Testament. You end up at 613 plus rules, guidelines adaptions, amendments that they made, things they had, they thought it would help God out, etc., etc. A lot of good ones, a lot of man-made ones. But, but here's the problem. There's always inherent problems when you add more and more rules. It just helps create more wiggle room for error and for smudging of the lines, as it were. Like the thought of, what do I have to do instead of I get to or I can't wait to? Most of the time, I can't even remember Andrea's telephone number. Nowadays, that's how old I'm getting. I just push a button. Anybody else just push a button on their phone and get their wife? Or is it just me? Okay, I guess it's just me, Lord. Anyway, never mind remembering 613 rules, and then never mind keeping them all, actually. Why do I say plus? Because when something is religious in the wrong sense of the world, and it's rules-based and relationship is lost or misplaced, broken humanity just tends to keep adding more and more rules. See, God came to free us from religion, not to bind us to it, not to burden us with it. There's a friend of mine who um, is on his journey, has been on his journey for a while of, of really pursuing Jesus. He was invited to, to leave his religious upbringing while he was on his journey of pursuing Jesus in his life. One of the reasons because he had tattoos. 
Because he said, we don't actually appreciate that here, so why don't you leave? So he did. And he came here. And one Sunday morning he came and he had a long sleeve shirt on. And my dad had lots of tattoos and I've got friends with lots of tattoos. I'm in the military for teams. I don't have any, which is weird. My daughter wanted me to get one with her, an Irish tattoo, which is always hilarious. Because I don't know which Irish tattoo she would want. She'd probably want a whole chest one for me when she gets a little <laughs> tiny one anyway. And he came here one Sunday morning, he had a long sleeve shirt, I was chatting to him, and I, and I noticed ink on his wrist. I said, do you have tattoos? And I watched the color drain out of his face. I said, can I see them? He was like, what? I said, can I see them? Tattoos fascinate me. Absolutely fascinate me. He's like, oh, okay. Hey, what's that one for? Excuse me? You know there's a story behind it, Rob? Yeah. Tell me. What's that one for? Story behind it? Tell me. The times he's been coming, he's still on his journey. The times he comes, he comes in a golf shirt now. Doesn't hide it anymore. Doesn't have to. See, religion robs people of having a real life. See, Jesus came not to rid us of the law, but to fulfill the law, which he did, but also to take us to a whole new place. Matthew 5 says this. Don't suppose for a minute that I've come to a, demolish the scriptures, either God's law or the prophets. I'm not here to demolish, but to complete. I'm going to put every, all of it together, pull it all together in a vast panorama. God's law is more real and lasting than the stars in the sky and ground at your feet. Long after stars burn out and earth wears out, God's law will be alive and working. Trivialize even the smallest item in God's law and you'll be only have trivialized yourself. But take it seriously. Show the way for others and you'll find honor in the kingdom. Unless you do not, unless you do far better than the Pharisees in matters of living, you will, know the, you will not know the first thing by entering the kingdom. Hmm. Not good news. Unless you keep all the requirements of the law, we're doomed. Unless it is, of course, that we open-heartedly and willingly embrace what Jesus came here for in Romans 3. But in our time, something new had been added. Okay. <laughs> Can we come back at 3, Lord? Because they might be awake. Anyway, what Moses and the prophets witnessed to all those years ago has happened. The God setting things right that we read about has become Jesus setting things right for us. And not only for us, but for everyone who believes in him. For there is no difference between us and them in this, since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, both, both us and them, and proved that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God willed for us. God did it for us. Thank you. Out of sheer generosity, he puts us in right standing with himself, a pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be. And he did it by means of Jesus Christ. Really, that's it? Like, seriously? Try again. I mean, that's the scripture, guys. Try again. Seriously, go, go for it. Is that it? Thank you. 
Okay, where's Gary Pitchford's coffee when you need it? <laughs> There's a moment in time for me that blows my mind and paints these two portions of Scripture into my heart in a huge way. Let me share it with you. See, during the lifetime of Jesus, the Holy Temple in Jerusalem was the center of Jewish religious life. The temple was the place where animals' sacrifices were carried out constantly and worship happened according to the law of Moses, which they followed too faithfully. In Hebrews, it tells us that in the temple, a veil separated the holies of holies, the earthly dwelling place of God's presence from the rest of the temple where man dwelt. This signified that man was separated from God by sin. Only the high priest was permitted to pass beyond the veil once each year to enter into God's presence for all Israel and make atonement for their sins. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he cried out in a loud voice and gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. So what do we make of this? What significance does this torn veil have for us and for me today? Above all, the tearing of the veil at the moment of Jesus' death dramatically symbolized that his sacrifice, the shedding of his blood, was a significant atonement, a payment for our sins, for my sins. It signified that now the way into the holiest place was open to all people from time. Both Jew and Gentile were welcome in his presence. See, when Jesus died, the veil was torn and God moved out of that place never again to dwell in a temple made with human hands. God was through with that temple and its religious system. See, a relationship with Jesus wants you and I to be done with our religious weight and enjoy a relationship with him. The veil in the temple is a constant reminder that sin renders humanity unfit for the presence of God. The fact that sin offerings were offered annually and countless other sacrifices repeated daily showed graphically that sin could not truly be atoned for or erased by mere animal sacrifices. Jesus Christ, through his death, has removed the barriers between God and man. And now you and I may approach him with confidence and boldness. We don't have to check a list anymore. That priest that went in had to be right before he went in there. In fact, they tied a rope to him. He had a robe with bells on it, not to sound good and enjoy worship, but to see if he was still alive. That if something was out of order, it would have been over for him. But Jesus came and changed everything for us. See, Jesus' sacrifice freed us from religion and invited us into a new covenant, a new way of living. See, Jesus wasn't an and. It wasn't Jesus and the law. He was instead of. He came to fulfill it and then to offer us something new. He came to replace an old covenant with a new one. Why? So we could move back towards how it was always meant to be, to an intimate relationship, an intimate friendship with him. See, Jesus came to replace everything that was in place. He came to fulfill the law, yes, and then he made himself available instead of the law. So instead of just following or continuing to following rules, he made an incredible life-changing relationship with him available to all who wanted it, available to you this morning, available to you this morning. If you have a religious background and it's weightful, you can come this morning and you can lay it all 
down. You can walk free and be free with him. You see, rather than having to go somewhere, as so many had to do, you and I don't have to go to a temple and go through a bunch of rituals. Why? Because we are the temple. First Corinthians 6 says this. Don't you realize? I do. That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself anymore. What would be my encouragement? Find a way to continue to remind ourselves that freedom from religion allows us to live life with Jesus in a whole different way. People asked me at the last communion table, why, Robert, is your communion table so relaxed? Why? Because you can think back to when it wasn't. You can think back to where it was a restriction of every person. It had to be this tight, tight funnel. I don't normally ask you to watch movies. I don't normally do that because I get in trouble because I watch Irish movies and all that sort of stuff. But if you haven't watched The Chosen, if you haven't watched The Chosen, I'm trying really, really hard. I really am. If you haven't watched The Chosen, you should. Because it's the Jesus that I fell in love with as a 15-year-old. Not the one who's separate from me. Not the one who stands off. Not the one who's aloof by people present. Not the one, and again, please hear my heart. I believe in reverence for God, and I have it in my life. But he's also my daddy God. And when I want to go climb up in his lap, I just go do it. I don't have to check a bunch of lists or a bunch of boxes. I can just go be with him. See, when we start to understand how free we are because of Jesus, it's amazing what starts to happen in our life. When you find freedom in Jesus, guess what happens? Real fruit starts to grow. You get to a place where you discover a personal, living, enjoyable relationship with a father who loves you. Please watch Chosen, especially number three, where he just enjoys being with children. He makes jokes. He laughs with them. He enjoys their presence. He enjoys, he doesn't usher them off. He just enjoys being with them. That's why we're free from religion. So we can enjoy daddy's presence and just be with him in a way that makes you feel, ah. Why? Why is it important to produce fruit? Because our whole theme has been for the series, they will know you by the fruit in your life. And when you're with Jesus and you lay down religion and you set it aside, you start to enjoy his presence. Galatians 5 said that the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I love this statement. There is no law against these things. When these things become dominant in our life, we don't need a bunch of rules and regulations. We just need his presence. See, religion doesn't help fruit grow. Intimate relationship does. The weight of religion will never produce fruit in your life. An intimate relationship with a loving Savior will. And if you watch chapter 3 in The Chosen, you'll understand why. Because God just wants us to be a kid in his presence. I don't want to grow up if I grow away from him. 
I don't want to grow up and get my thing. If I move, I want to stay in a place where I just enjoy his presence. See, fruit is not forced, it's cultivated. A healthy, intimate relationship is not maintained by following rules. It's developed and cultivated by intimacy, closeness, desire, and connection. I don't keep my marriage healthy by attaining a set of rules. I keep it healthy by being invested in an intimate relationship with the hottest Filipino chick, babe, in the world, my wife, Andrea, because I want to. What about you? What is it that keeps you going in your relationships? Is it rules and regulations? Is it weight? Or is the heart to be in an intimate relationship? See, Jesus doesn't want us to see our relationships with him through a set of do's and don'ts or through a set of have-to's, but more so we get to and we want to. I didn't come here today to celebrate because I had to. I came here today because I love to. I love worship. Amy, Jason, worship team, thank you so much. There's children in here. I would say some, so I won't. But the world is full of stuff. And these guys are full of his presence. And they invited you to come and enjoy him this morning. They invited you to come and be refreshed in his presence. Not because you have to. Because you want to. See, the old covenant question was, what does the law require of me? All 613 plus of them. Kind of, what do I have to do? But the freedom from religion that Jesus wants us to experience... And wants to move us to a whole new way of thinking. If you and I in the church gets hold of this, everything changes. In our personal relationships with Jesus, with our spouse, with our family, with our friends. That. What does the law require of me? But more so, what does love require of me? Not what does the law require. Not what do I have to do. What does love stir up inside of me? If there's such a thing as a superfruit, then love is it. We've been blessed so we can be a blessing. Foundation, love. We've experienced mercy so we can in turn express mercy. Foundation, love. We've experienced forgiveness. Why? So we can practice expressing forgiveness. Foundation, love. Jesus can't do something through you until you and I have allowed him to do something in us. See, Jesus can't do something through you until you've allowed him to do something fresh in you. You can't give the love of God if you haven't experienced it. You can't give away forgiveness if you haven't experienced it. You can't give away mercy if you haven't experienced it. You can't give away peace if you haven't experienced it. See, religion doesn't help us personalize our relationship. Faith does. Maybe it's as easy and as humbling as this. Before I read this, I asked her mother. Her mother sent it to me and I asked her permission if I could share this. I have a six-year-old friend. Called Jazzy. She's watching this morning. Love you, Jazzy. We've been friends. We've had a special relationship for a long, long time. And her mom sent this to me just to encourage me. She says, Jazzy, hey Jazz, love you, was praying tonight in daddy's name, amen. Mom, you know he can be called my daddy too, don't you? 
Pastor Robert, she hears you. That's not rules-based. That's a relationship. Jazzy also told Jocelyn tonight that she was born with glitter in her hair. That's my girl, says her mom. See, my heart's desire for us is that we would fall back into the arms of Jesus and embrace and remember and deeply appreciate all that Jesus willingly did for us, where he freed us from religion. Why? Because now when God looks at us, now he sees Jesus. When our friends look at us, what do they see in you? When God looks at us, he sees Jesus. When our friends look at us, what do they see? What do they experience? Go back to Matthew 5.3. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. What might that look like? Well, when you get to heaven, go sit down with the disciples and ask them how they applied this simple thought in their days. Saul, who became Paul, from killing Christians to one of the greatest cheerleaders of the Christian faith. My favorite guy, because I watched him last night on Chosen, okay, uh-huh, was Levi, who's named Matthew. He's a tax collector hated by all, but loved by Jesus. People have asked some of the core values we have in our church, actually two or three of them, two groups have come to light at this point here for me in this story. The most profound application of one of our core values here at Crossroads is this, is love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And follow, believe, and obey. And this kid here is the one that brings it alive for me. Everybody else hated him. Jesus loved him. Jesus unconditionally loved him. He accepted Matthew where he was at. Didn't condemn him, didn't condone him, but he accepted him as a valuable person who he had come to die for. And Jesus walked, obviously, in a spirit of forgiveness towards Matthew because he hasn't figured the lingo out yet, the whole church lingo out yet. And in that process, Jesus allowed Matthew, Levi, to follow first before ever asking him to believe, before he ever had to obey. And because he walked those six things out, we have the book of Matthew today. Free from religion. Jesus went all the way to the cross so there would be an opportunity for nothing but to be between him and us. It was a new movement with a new constitution. Not we the people, though I respect that, but more so we, his people, who live by his constitution. Nothing wrong with we the people, but Jesus calls us to a whole new place of we, his people, who choose to live by his constitution. You and I might be the first and only version of the Bible some people ever get to experience. I wonder what's written on your pages. I wonder what they'll experience. I, I wonder if what we allow to penetrate and permeate our hearts, maybe like Dad's constitution, can actually find a way to radiate from our lives. Why do I have a Hawaiian shirt on? Why do I have a lay? Maybe you've figured it out now. 
Because sometimes you experience this before you ever see it. Now, if you've had the privilege of going to Hawaii, I have a couple of times. But I arrived at the airport, stepped off the plane, and was floored by the aroma that I got to experience walking off the plane before I ever saw these things. And because she's the sexiest, hottest Filipino chick babe in the world who I'm married to, I love you. In this next season, all of us will have the opportunity to either be an odor made up of religious rituals, maybe, or an aroma, a living, active relationship with the Savior like a lay. See, when someone has a lay on, you can't help but know there's something different about them because the aroma that it gives off just catches your attention instantaneously. I wonder if God's desire for us to be free from religion was to allow us to have the right aroma instead of an odor. I wonder if we enter into this season and people are in a broken place and lives are struggling and people are having a hard time, etc., etc., etc. A friend had called me the other day and said, hey, would you speak to a friend of ours, Rob? Absolutely. Don't go to church and not church people. I'm like, that's totally fine. He called me up the other day and said, hey, you're willing to, to meet with us? I'm like, yeah. Really? Yeah. Why? I just want to be available to encourage and support you guys any way I can. It's like, you would do that? Yeah. Why? Because Jesus would want me to. Because I'm supposed to be a lay made of flowers, not a lay made of fish and old socks. I'm not supposed to stink. I'm supposed to give off an aroma. I'm not supposed to add to the poison and junk and the garbage in our culture. I'm supposed to be one who changes it. I'm supposed to be one who steps in a room and I bring the presence of the living God because of what our worship team did this morning. They invited us to enjoy him. Did you feel his presence? Did you did? Did you did your hair stand on? Did you go, oh, you're here? I did. I'm like up there going, Lord, what do you want to do? Can I just stay up here? Would you just please tell Jason and Amy and Orson to just keep going? I don't want this to change. I just want to be in your presence. I don't want to be religious. I want to be in a relationship with a loving Savior who loves me and who wants to be with me. What might try to stop us from living out dad's constitution, dad's way? Pride is a spiritual cancer that stops most people in their tracks. It eats up the very possibility of choosing to love people the way dad is calling us to based upon his constitution. But Rob, where do you start? Thank you for asking. I'll answer your question. It starts with humbly and wholeheartedly entering into a relationship with Jesus. So if you don't know Jesus today, I want you to think about getting to know him online or here in presence. If you've never invited Christ to change you on the inside, not just have an external experience, but literally let God transform you on the inside. It's as simple as asking him, Jesus, how do I do that? Can you help me? I need your forgiveness. I need you to take the weight of religion off of me of trying to just get things done and check all the boxes. I need your presence in my life. I need to repent. I need you to change my life from the inside out. Just ask him right now, right here, right where you're sitting, right where you're sitting at home. 
It is that simple. There's not a bunch of things you have to do, a bunch of checks you have to make. You just have to literally come and allow him and invite him to change you on the inside, from the inside out. Maybe as someone who knows him, what could you and I do in this coming season that looks more like dad's constitution being lived out through our lives than maybe, please forgive me for this, than maybe our American one? What does it look like for us to go to a whole new level of living and allow the American constitution and the Irish one just to make people happy, the Irish one and the American one to come under Christ's constitution? That my life would be centered around his constitution for my life, not my country's. Because right now, our country needs to experience his constitution more than any other. When is the Christian constitution at its best? When other people get to experience it. When other people experience the aroma of a lay from your life. Maybe that's too feminine for men. Maybe like, oh, flowers, whatever. Okay, whatever floats your boat. But maybe as a man then, maybe, maybe it's a friend of mine shared their own vacation in Florida. And there was some noise coming from the room next to them. And it wasn't just normal noise. It was kind of escalated noise. And then it escalated to words like, please get off of me. So let's lay the lay aside and let's go for the Christian man. You know what my friend did? I won't get too graphic. He put his shorts on, which would be good not to go to the door in his boxer shorts. But he put his shorts on. Shirt on. Everything okay in there? Everything okay in there? Called security, got security to come, got security to check in the room, etc., 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 etc. Maybe the lay doesn't work for you for the Christian constitution to rise up in us. But maybe that does. That as men, God's calling us to not just walk by. That as men, God's calling us to not just, well, hey, it's not my responsibility. My, my kids are okay. We're okay. Maybe he's asking us to look up. And as men, rather than make jokes, we make standards. Maybe as men, rather than just let it just go away, we stand up and go, it's going to cost me something as a man to stand up and walk out the Christian constitution. But Jesus has called me to do it. Maybe that's how it applies to us today. Maybe the flower things is too feminine. But maybe when there's a cry from across the street or across the hall or across the room, that just maybe the way we apply the Christian constitution is we step up and step out. You know what his wife did? Oh, 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 oh. You know what his wife did when the noise happened? She gave him the nod. He looked at her and she went, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. As he walked to the door, her chest was like, yeah, that's my man. That's my man. He's not just full of it. It's actually in his heart that if someone's in trouble, the Christian constitution would call me to step in the gap and be the man who would fill the gap, allow Jesus to work through them in this time. 
Maybe the flowers don't work for you because the enemy's lying to you about men don't have aromas. You actually do. It just stinks most of the time. You need to shower. You do. It's just called an odor. But God wants us to have an aroma as men and women in this new season of coming through COVID and out of COVID. He doesn't want us to be men and women who function with fear. That's an odor. He wants us to be men and women who function with faith. That's an aroma. That we share our faith with others and they go, really? How do you find your faith? Let me tell you about a man who transformed and changed my life. Why? Why would you let people experience it? Why? Because just maybe you and I are here because somebody allowed us to experience it through their life. Why would we not return the favor? John and Doreen, if you're watching today from Ireland, I'm going to thank you that you didn't introduce me to a heavy religion when you introduced me to Jesus. You introduced me to a loving Savior who loved this kid all those years ago and has changed this kid because the love of Jesus came to live in this kid. And this kid became washed clean by the blood of Jesus because you allowed him to be a friend to me and a father to me and a savior to me. See, God wants to free us from religion so we can share a relationship with other people. Would you bow your head with me a second? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning, and Dad, I am blown away by your presence in my life and in our life. I'm blown away by your deep desire to be close to us and to not allow religion to weigh us down, but to allow relationship to free us. Lord, if people are here in person or watching online today and they've never said yes to you, I would invite them, Lord God, to respond to you right now by simply saying, Jesus, come and change my life. Jesus, come and fill my life. Jesus, come and set me free from the weight of the world, from the weight of my sin, from the weight of religious experience. Lord, come today and transform me by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let me become born again by your power and your presence because of who you are in my life. Jesus, today help us to live our Christian constitution in this season. We find ourselves at a whole new level because people are desperate for hope. And you are the hope giver above all hope givers. So Lord, come today. Help us to walk this out, Dad. We ask in your precious, precious name. God, God's people said, amen.